All right, so we are jumping back in our series. Tonight's our last night of our series talking about power and where we get power from. So I hope you guys have tuned in for the last couple of weeks. The first week we talked about how true power comes from being submissive to Christ, right? Taking your life and be like, here it is. Here's my life, Jesus. Do something with it. And when you take your life and you put it in the hands of Jesus, he puts power in it in ways that you can't even expect right now, but Jesus is in control of it. And the second thing we saw last week is that when you do that, you say, here's my life, Lord. What he does is the Holy Spirit comes and he fills your life. The Holy Spirit is the power of God, right? And so the Holy Spirit in you is you walking around with the power of God inside of you. Not that you're some like superhero, supernatural thing in that way, but that God himself says, I am going to breathe this unbelievable life into you, this power that you can't even imagine. You're going to do things that I'm going to put in front of you that you couldn't imagine you were ever going to be able to accomplish, but God's going to do it through you. But to do that, it takes that step of submission that says, God, I want you to have my life. I want you to do this through my life. And so we need to submit to Christ. And the last thing tonight, we're on our last uh, part of the series, is that true power comes when you become a carrier of the gospel. And here's what I mean by this, all right? I heard this pastor kind of tell it this way, so I'm going to try to tell it in a similar way to help you understand. But I, I love pizza. Any other pizza addicts in the room? Like, are you addicted to pizza? Like, oh, pizza is the best thing. I could eat it for every meal. I love pizza. So it's, it's kind of what I'm going to use tonight to illustrate this. Let's say that uh, I came up to you, and I was going to give you this pizza. And... I said, you know, you're just such a good friend. You know, you don't have to pay for it. There's nothing you have to do for it. You can just have this pizza tonight. It's yours if you want it. And I come up to you, and you're like, oh, dude, I can't wait. I'm so hungry. I've been in school all day. I skipped lunch. I had all these tests and quizzes, and I'm starving, right? And then you open it up. right? The horror, right? There's no pizza in here. How dare you do that to me? What a horrible trick to do to someone, right? Like, why would I want the, do you still want the box? Dude, I'd be like, punt that box out of here. Like, I don't want this thing. Like, get rid of that box. This is worthless. This thing on its own, there's no pizza in it. Don't be handing me no box and tricking me, right? Like, it's empty, and so there's nothing here that I want. This is just trash. This box by itself is 39 cents, right, for, like, a pizza company to make. That's it. But you stick that pizza in there, Right? All right, now now it's valuable. Now that pizza is inside this thing. And so, like, some of them charge, what, like, 25 bucks for a stupid pizza nowadays. It's too expensive, by the way. But, like, that's where the gold's at, right, the pizza inside it. Well, what if, let's just say this, you order your pizza, call up, yo, Domino's, I need a pizza right now. I need some extra cheese, some extra pepperoni, make sure it's crispy, deliver it to my house, and the pizza guy comes up. And the pizza dude's coming up to your front door, so you get to the front door, and you're waiting, and you're drooling, and you're ready, and you're like, I can't wait. You already paid online, so you could just start eating it once it gets there, and you open the door, and the pizza dude's standing there, and he holds out his hand, and in his bare hand is this pizza pie, just gooing all over his hand, just like grease, like running down his arm. There's cheese just like falling on the ground. He's like, here's your pizza. What would you do? Some of you guys are like, I'd eat that thing. I don't care, right? Like, I love pizza. I'm going to eat it. Most of us would be disgusted. We'd be like, bro, where's the box, right? Like, the box is important when his nasty hand is, like, up in your cheese and your pepperoni. Like, you don't want that, right? And so this box all of a sudden becomes super important. 
because it now has a purpose. It's carrying something really valuable, right? Something really valuable inside. The fact that this box, if it were white or like, let's say it was a red box or if it was like really big or like none of that matters. The the characteristics of this box, not a big deal other than two things. I want it to be clean, right? I don't want some nasty box with like ants and cockroaches are in here with my pizza. That's gross, right? Mold. I want a clean box and it should be empty. I don't want it full of other things. Don't be putting my pizza in there with like pieces of Lego from your kids, like drooling all over it. And now it's in my box. Like it should be empty and it should be clean. That's really the only two kind of requirements for my pizza box. And all of a sudden when that pizza gets in there, it's super valuable and super important. Now listen, when we're talking about the gospel of Jesus, what we're saying is that God has literally called you and you've said, God, you can have my life. And he said, sweet, I want your life. And he takes it from you. And then he says this, I've got a purpose for you now. I've got a new mission for you. I want you, I want your life to be this box. And inside, I'm going to put the most valuable thing that I have inside it. And it's not pizza, even as good as it is, right? The hope of Jesus Christ is now the thing that you're going to carry around. And you're going to deliver to people out there all around this world that don't have any hope. People who feel lost, people who don't know where they would go if they were to die today, people who are waking up in the morning going, what's my point of even being alive today? And God's like, hold on. I got someone who's going to carry a really important message to you. They're on their way. And you get to be that pizza box. You get to be the carrier of this super valuable thing. The most valuable thing that God gives us is the gospel. It's salvation that you get to carry to the world. And what happens when you're a carrier of the gospel is God gives this incredible power to you because you're carrying the most precious thing he has. And so he's going to make sure that you're able to get where you need to go and do what you need to do. And God is empowering the mission that you're on. You want real power? Say yes to Jesus. You want to see your life matter and mean something and have purpose? Say yes to Jesus. Because the second you become that carrier and you're carrying his valuable, precious gift of the gospel to the world, he is going to surround you with his power. And so I want you guys to look with me tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. We'll read it together real quick. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Dude, let me just tell you, this thing sums up the Christian life. 
You're like, why do I go to church? Why do I do this Christian thing? Why would I read the Bible? Why would I pray? Why would I? This sums up all of that. You want to know the reason? The reason is because there's a really important message that has changed your life if you follow Jesus, right? And then God's like, hey, that thing that changed your life, I'm going to send you out with it. Start handing it out. Start giving it to other people so that they also have that same life-changing message that changed your life. And that's what he's telling us here. Look in the first verse, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So this applies to people that have said yes to Jesus. So if you're here tonight, you're like, man, I don't know Jesus. I don't have this relationship you're talking about. I don't know like what this Christian thing is. I'm just visiting. That's cool. But tonight I'm talking to people who are like, I do follow Jesus. I place my faith in him. And now what? He tells us that now what? He says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So what God did was he took your broken life and he made it brand new. You're like, it doesn't feel brand new. Maybe you should start living for him. Maybe you should start surrendering yourself over to him and say, God, whatever you say, I'll do. And you'll start to see the brand new. See, too many of us do this thing where we're like, yeah, Jesus, I love you. I trust you. I pray this prayer. And then we keep just like doing the same exact. We're still so focused on ourselves. We're still so focused on like the old way we used to live and the partying and the old friends and the whatever else. Like you list the things that your old life looked like and we're still just here doing it. We're like, cool, I'm saved. That's what I wanted, Jesus. Cool for that. Thanks. I'm going to keep doing my thing. He's like, wait a minute, you missed the whole point. And then you come and you're like, hey, listen, I don't feel new. Well, I wonder why. You never actually had a moment with Jesus. You never actually took your life and said, Jesus, I want you to have it. I want a relationship with you that's going to change me and mold me and every day make me look different. You've been over here. You've been sitting in the old and the death and the stink of your old life, and you're like, don't change me. Don't touch me. I don't want to be different. And then you come up and you're like, man, listen, how come I don't feel like a new creation? Jesus promised I'd be one. You have never given him the opportunity. Because you never took the step out of the old life, that step of faith he's asking you to take. You'd rather be the dirty pizza box. You're filthy, and you're like, why can't you do something with this? He's like, you're full of trash. My son died for you, saved you to clean that, to purify that, and you're just happy sitting in the same sin that I've saved you from. Get up and step out of it. Offer your life clean and empty to God. Like, God, I don't have anything here. But what I have is I'm going to say yes to you. I'm done with the old life. I'm ready for the new. I'm clean. So fill me up. Do something with me. Make my life more valuable than just the junk I see around me that does not matter. Give my life a purpose, something eternal. That's when Jesus looks back. He's like, let's go. You see, he wants to do that in you. It's us. We're the ones that are holding ourselves back. If anyone is in Christ, it says he is a new creation. Are you a new creation tonight? Are you sitting in the trash? Are you content with the death of your old life? And you're like, yeah. It says the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What's supposed to happen is this death over here is supposed to be gotten rid of. You're supposed to take some steps away from it and say, I'm going this way now. I'm following Jesus now. I'm going in a new direction, and I'm leaving that behind. 
And I don't just keep running back to it, right? The old has passed away. Jesus literally, when he went to the cross, died to crucify that old self. Your old self to be crucified with Jesus. Your old sin to be crucified on that cross. So why are you still trying to pull it up out of the grave? Let it die. Turn over here and start following Jesus into new life that he promises you to have. He says, behold, that means look, the new has come. Like wake up and follow Christ in a new life, in a new way. Let him fill your heart up with new things that honor God. Step out of that old self and follow Jesus. And he says, all of this is from God. That's the Holy Spirit power we talked about last week. When you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills you up and does this work, right? And so when you just trust what's happening is the Holy Spirit's like, I got this. Because you're saying, I trust you. And he's like, okay, let me pick you up. And he picks you up and he starts to carry you toward Jesus and make you look more like Jesus. But you've got to have the faith to say, I trust you. In the heat of the moment when that decision is right in front of you to make, right? Like, what will I choose to do here? You don't have a long time. You have a quick time to make a decision. Will I choose right? Will I choose wrong? What will I do in the moment? It's in that moment that you say, Jesus, I can't make this choice. I need you. Jesus, I need your Holy Spirit to help me make the right choice right now. If you're not prepared, that moment is going to take you every time and drag you back to death. But when you're like, Jesus, I need your Holy Spirit, he gives you the power to follow Christ. It all comes down to faith. Do you trust it? Do you believe it? He says, all this is from God. So let God do the work. And then he says this. He says, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. You see, like, it was through Jesus' death that God did this thing. The word reconcile means to make us right with. Like, we were broken, we were lost. All of a sudden, God comes along, he's like, I know how to fix this, and it's through his son dying on a cross and rising again from the dead, something none of us could do. So this perfect son of God, Jesus Christ, comes and he does this thing, and that's God's plan. That's this incredible news. That's the valuable thing inside you that you get to carry around is that Jesus did that. He died for you. Then he rose again because death wasn't strong enough to keep him dead. And that's the very thing he's using to reconcile, to make us right with God. You see, we're in this broken relationship with him before we've trusted in his son, Jesus. We're enemies of God, literally standing on the other side of a battlefield, staring down our enemy. And guess who the enemy is? It's God. Who wants to face off one-on-one with the God of the universe? Like, he's going to destroy us. Like, he's too big. And you know what? That day comes for those who don't follow him. That's some sad news right there because he's offering the free gift of salvation to all of us. He's like, I, I want to take you from the other side of the battlefield. I don't want to stare you down as my enemy. I want to pull you over to my side and make you my child. I want you to join my family. And we're still standing over here. A lot of us are still looking him down like, oh, I got this, you know? Like, you think you're going to take God in a fight? You think you're big enough and strong enough? That's how we act, right? When we're like, I'm not following you. I'd rather do it myself. What we're saying is, I'm cool being your enemy. Bring it on. And God's like, you just don't get it. I'm doing everything I can to send people to your side to bring you back over so you're not my enemy. I love you. 
I want you to be part of my family. And that's what he's doing, reconciling us through Christ. That's the message that we get to bring to the world, right? Because through Christ, it says, reconciled us to himself. And then once he does that, right, you get to the other side, you become part of his family, he looks at you and he does this. It says, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He doesn't just save you with that incredible message. He makes you a person that gets to go out and tell people about the message. You get to be someone that gets to go to other people and run to the other side of the battlefield and grab the people who are like facing off with God and be like, listen, you're going to die out here. Don't stay out here as his enemy. He's got a plan. Come back. He's inviting you into the family. And he's sending us to the other side of the battlefield to bring people back. That's the ministry of reconciliation. You get to be a part of this thing, this plan that God has to make people right with him. Take him off the battlefield and bring him into his family. And so when you got saved, guess what? He had a purpose and a plan for you. It was to make you one of those people that runs across the lines, grabs onto the enemy and says, come on back over. He's got a plan to make it right. How many of us are actually doing that? How many of us are just content with like, I'm saved, that's cool, I'm going to heaven, I don't have to worry about anything now? Like, God, that's, that's the extent, that's as far as we go together. It's just like, you saved me and I'm really grateful. He's like, but I saved you with a purpose. I didn't just bring you into this reconciliation. I made you a minister of reconciliation. You're joining the team. You're helping me go tell people that need the hope of Jesus. So many people now on our Guatemala trip have signed up to go to Guatemala this year with us. There's almost 70 people signed up to go on this trip. And I'm like, praise God, that's awesome. But I also go, please, God, make us people that are going because we want to carry reconciliation to the Guatemalans. Make us people that are signed up for this trip, not just to chill with our friends, but because we take seriously the fact that we get to be containers of the gospel and deliver it to people who haven't heard. You realize that when people die who don't know Jesus, you know what happens to them. They spend eternity in hell. It's not something we like to talk about, right? It's not pleasant. But it's what happens. Shouldn't there be some urgency in our hearts to say, let's go get the enemy and bring him back over. Let's go to the other side of the battlefield. Let's go to Guatemala. Let's go to Kenya like Stephen Gerges. Let's go wherever God sends us. Let's go to our sports teams and classrooms and houses and just tell people, listen, I want to carry a message to you that's so valuable. You need to hear this. God loves you. He doesn't want you to be his enemy. God wants to save you, so instead of hell, you get to be with him forever. And he wants to start it right now, right here. He wants to reach into the hurt and the brokenness and the emptiness and the doubt and the wondering, why am I here? He wants to take all of the sin that we were born with. We're born sinners. And he wants to make it right. That's what the ministry of reconciliation does. It makes it right. 
Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want that to happen in you? Don't you want to bring that to other people so they can have it too? I do. He says, that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to him, right? Not counting their trespasses. He's like, I know you're a sinner, but you know what? My son Jesus died for your sin already and paid for it if you'll just trust in me. Then he says, therefore, listen to this part. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. You get to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Sounds like this big cool job, right? An ambassador, we send ambassadors from our country to other nations and they speak on behalf of our nation, right? You get to go do that. That becomes your mission that God puts into your life. You get to be an ambassador of Jesus so that you get to speak on his behalf and bring this incredible message to people. That's not a bad thing, right? When someone gets to heaven and goes, I'm here because this dude over here had the courage to walk up to me and tell me about Jesus or I'd be in hell forever. But I'm here today because he had the courage to come say, I needed Jesus and I believed. I'll tell you what, out of any job you could have, I think that would be the most satisfying to know that you saved someone's life for eternity. What better thing is there? What better job is there to have? What better thing is there to do than to say, I did the thing God called me to do and people today are standing in heaven because of it. Not because of my power, I was just a pizza box, right? But because of what he put in me. Because of this precious message I got to carry to these people and deliver to them. This is God making his appeal through us. He didn't have to use us, right? God could have done a ton of different things. He's God. There's an infinite number of things he could have done. But he chose to use you and me to bring this message to people. Like salvation arrives to people through you. So what happens when you're not doing it? He's chosen you to do it. I pray that not because we're full of guilt that we're not doing it, but because we're so in love with Jesus that we would get up and say, Jesus, I can't wait to go do this thing. Can't wait to tell people how awesome you are, what you've done in my life, how you've changed me. He's making his appeal through us. He's using your testimony, right? The life that you used to live. All of a sudden you're changed and different. And you get to walk up to people and be like, I used to be that, but God's made me this. That's powerful. When someone gets to look at your life and see this unbelievable change, and you get to go, that was God. God did this in me. There's no one else who could have done it, right? And so Paul stops for a second. Here's what he does. He just talked to to these people, the Corinthians, about like, hey, there's this message we take to people. So he stops and he's like, by the way, I'm going to bring this message to you right now. I'm going to do the thing we're talking about. So hold on. And he says this. He says, we implore you. That means beg you. (laughs) We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So by the way, Corinthians, all this stuff I'm telling you God does, I'm going to stop and do it right now. You need to know Jesus. And I'm going to do the same thing tonight that Paul's doing to the Corinthians. Listen, y'all, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. Because there is but one way that you will ever be able to arrive to God. 
and it's through Jesus. Can't make it on your own. Can't be good enough. It can't be funny enough. It can't be cool enough and make your friends laugh. You can't do the things that we try to do here to try to impress a God that's so much bigger than us. There's nothing. The only way we can do it is through Jesus. The only hope we have for eternal life, forgiveness, is through Jesus Christ because he died on a cross, gave his perfect life for you, and rose again three days later. And the moment that you step before God and you go, I believe that, I want to be forgiven and saved, he promises he saves you. Have you done that? Have you taken the time to stop and talk to God and figure out your eternal life? And so then he says this, here's how he closes this last verse, says, for our sake, our best interest is in his mind, right? He's doing this for you. He made him to be sin who knew no sin. Perfect Jesus doesn't just take on sin. He becomes the thing God hates the most. He becomes sin. And he pays for it as he dies on that cross. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. How absurd does that sound when you think about all of your sin? When you think about how imperfect we are. Just think about the thoughts that have gone through your mind or the words that have come out of your mouth. And then picture perfect Jesus switching places with you. And you being called righteous. Not just any righteous person. Literally the righteousness of God himself is what you're called. And you're like, but you didn't hear the words or, or the thoughts or know what was in my heart or see what I did. You're right. We don't deserve to be called the righteousness of God in any way. But that's why Jesus did the work. And that's why you are left just having to trust that he's going to do it in you. And so tonight, I, I encourage you, listen, if you've never giving your heart and your life over to Jesus and trusted him for salvation, that maybe tonight he's calling you to do that. And maybe you're here tonight and you're that Christian who's like, I follow Jesus, I believe in him, but you know what? I'm just walking around with my dirty box. It's not empty. It's not clean. I've been satisfied with salvation and I'm sitting in my death and my sins, just living my own life. And just maybe tonight the Holy Spirit's calling you to say, I'm done with that. I want to present myself before God new because that's what he's made me. I want the old crucified and the new. I just want to hand it to Jesus and say, do whatever you want with it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? And it's a big deal when God calls us ambassadors to be able to speak for God, to be able to bring his message of salvation to the world. And I hope tonight, as I'm praying tonight, that those in this room who've never actually received the message would receive it. So over the next song, would you just, just ask God, like, is this something that's taking place in my heart? 
Have I been faking myself out, faking everybody else out? Maybe tonight's the night you say, I'm believing and I'm doing it for myself, not my parents and my friends, but it's between me and God tonight and it's real.